We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what's up, Cheese Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. We've got a fun one today as Nick is on vacation in Colorado, so we're bringing in Jeff Allen. We've got some O-line takes with a lot of the stuff that's been going on with the Chiefs over the past, uh, let's say, a couple of weeks. We haven't recorded a whole lot. Jeff has yeah. been kind of a downtime. Not a lot's happening, and then all of a sudden, all this crazy stuff's going on. But how have you been? How's the how's the cookie business? And again, you've got the best backdrop in the history of Outside the Trenches once again. Hey, thanks, man. The cookie business is doing well and keeping me busy, but it's really cool to see the, not cool, it's been actually horrifying as a former player just seeing that <laughs> the amount of cuts that have been happening um, because of the salary cap. But um, it's been it's been cool as a fan to just see all the moving parts to different transactions. Um, it's been really exciting to look at the news for football lately. Yeah, it's tough to see knowing that there's so many the projections of what the salary cap was going to be before COVID mm-hmm. was going to be what I think it was like twenty million dollars higher than it was projected or what they thought, and so a lot yeah. of guys who probably would still be under contract just because of what they can and can't do with the cap, even though it seems like sometimes that Brant Tillis can do whatever he wants with the salary He's a magician. cap. <laughs> the guy, figures it out the guy's all the time. Be- the guys behind the scenes that are helping Brett Veach and those guys make decisions, Brant Tillis, Chris Shea, those guys deserve a lot of credit for the way they can move around stuff. But uh, you're exactly right in that it just it's the part of the business that that a lot of fans don't see because the guys aren't necessarily humanized in that way, um, knowing that yeah. there's a lot of families that are making decisions about moving across the country and how do they handle certain things. So uh, it's always a tough part, and I know that it had to be special for you, um, especially tough for you over the last you know week. A uh, couple weeks with Mitch Schwartz, um, Eric Fisher, two guys that you yeah. spent what was it, like five seasons with. I mean, you spent a lot of time yeah. with those guys. Um, just what, would, what was it like for you? I mean, I know it's it's kind of a weird situation, but it's, what's going through your head? It's, it? it's tough. I mean, <clears throat> as a professional, you try to like compartmentalize it, um, but you know, no matter how much money you make, it doesn't matter. You know where you reach. It's tough getting fired. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we all have our day as professional athletes. We all have that get that call where your time is up, and unfortunately, their time is up. It was tough to see. You know, I spoke to Fish about it. Um, it's not an easy pill to swallow, especially coming off an injury. Both the guys, um, so not knowing what their future may hold, and trying to get back healthy and get another opportunity. 
Yeah, you could definitely feel for anybody who's been a, a com- competitor or been com- in a competitive situation before that, you know, when you come back, you go to an injury, like you want to come back and show everybody like you can come yeah. back. And so uh, these guys, the decisions being made, it's part of the business of football. But uh, that's not to say that Eric Fisher's not going to be motivated to show that he can come back and be the same player, if not better than he was before that injury. But um, do you have any special like stories that you can share of either one of those guys? Because I know one of the one of my favorite things just from being around you guys over the years when I was working for the Chiefs was just uh, the O-line room's different than it is a lot of other places uh, and just kind of the, the goofy things that you guys would do. Do you have any funny stories um, that stand out of being teammates with uh, those guys in particular? We're, I wouldn't say weird, man. We're just, we're just different. Um, in our own unique right, and we have to be inflatable. You had inflatables around Christmas time. Listen, we're like, how do how can I describe it? We're like a, a, a stepchild. Um, we're kind of, we're a part of the family, but you know, everybody kind of points out all the bad stuff we that we do and they'll glorify the good things. Um, but you know, it, it, it's awesome, man. I, I know, um, Mitch. Um, I have a ton of stories about him. I won't share any crazy ones, but he honestly was probably one of the smartest human beings that I've ever, that I've been around. Um, not just football, but his IQ. He'd always come in with these crazy facts. I'm like, how, how do you know these things? Um, so that's the interesting thing about him. Fish, Fish is really cool because you know I was there when he came in as a rookie, and just to see, you know, his growth, like it was tremendous. It was it was awesome to see. It was like seeing. You know, a caterpillar turned into a butterfly. Um, He's got a- just his, his transformation, just as a as a football player and as a man, um, and just to see him reach this level, the, the level of play he was playing at, um, and just to see him get hurt, like when he tore his Achilles, like I, I was gutted, um, not just because he missed the Super Bowl, but I just know how much work he's put in, you know, to reach that level of play. So it, it was terrible to see that. Yeah, he's going to have a cool story one day when yeah. he shares kind of his journey and his arc of everything that he went through. And he dealt with a lot of shit. I mean, he, yeah. it wasn't easy for him in Kansas City. I mean, everybody's got this, like, what have you done for me lately, which is kind of the vibe just in the NFL, which is the business and everything. But even from a fan's perspective, is he kind of left beloved, uh, which is funny, is it only took, like, taking J.J. Watt down and then, like, the beer <laughs> celebration. Like, those yeah, two moments, and, like, you're in. Like, you're good forever. Uh, but people forget, like, that it started in Houston, and I was there, I think it was 2014, that game where it was right before inactives, and he was declared active, then went out there and warmed up, and then came out and said, like, he couldn't play. So it was, yeah. like, after inactives, and, like, that ended up being a thing, because you don't ever see that happen yeah. uh, with a guy that didn't practice all week. And so um, it it wasn't always easy, but it was cool to see him kind of overcome all of it. And it would have been cool, at least in Kansas city to see him overcome it one more time, come back from the injury uh, and show us that uh, all the things that he had been through for the last seven, eight years prepared him to be able to do something like that. Yeah, And so no, that he, part he, of the story I wanted to see. He definitely has the mindset. Um, there's no doubt that he's going to come back. I know that for yeah. sure. You know, to have that type of mental capacity to overcome the adversity, everybody in Kansas city, I mean, he got shitted on like for yeah. like the first oh, two oh, years. Yes. Yeah. And he was the number one pick. It was a little bit, there was a high expectation. It wasn't that he was as bad as people were saying. It was just the expectation wasn't matching the play. Um, but to overcome that as a young man and to rebound and play as well as he was playing, it's, it's crazy. So I know it for a fact that he's not hanging his head. He, he's going to be back. 
Yeah, if you look at the numbers, I know people say that wins aren't a quarterback statistic, but they use them anyway. I'll use wins yeah. as an offensive line statistic. Definitely. And the Chiefs are winning like 90% of their games with Fisher in the lineup. I mean, it was crazy. The the numbers of when he was starting, of how well they would do, it was mind-boggling uh, when you put yeah. it together. Uh, but one of the other, you know, just pieces of information that have come out over the last few days um, – regarding the Chiefs and the offensive line. They lose two tackles, but they do bring in uh, a new starting left guard in Joe Tooney from the New England Patriots. Third-round pick out of NC State back in 2016. Played mm-hmm. on the franchise tag last year, just shy under $15 million. Signs a reported five-year deal with the Chiefs that uh, uh, set him up financially uh, for a left yeah. guard. He got, he, got, he got paid, Jeff. What do you think about the move? I, I love it. Um I mean, as much as we need tackles, um, the interior offensive line has to be solid. That allows Pat to step up. Um, and then also, I mean, it can cover up the holes for tackles. I mean, you know, you don't have complete scrubs out there, but if you can get some guys out there that are just good enough, they aren't going to get beat immediately. They're going to run guys up the field. If you have three solid guys inside, that makes Pat's job a lot easier. You can see the, the windows, um, his vision's a lot better. He can follow through on his throws. It's just going to make the offense better. Um, and I know traditionally Andy Reid, he, he likes two tackles, but fundamentally as a, like I feel like the inside of the offensive line has to be rock solid. And that makes – I mean, Tom Brady, for instance, his entire career, he, had, he, he was a mobile guy, so he wanted to be able to step up. And being able to play inside the pocket, it just opens up the offense. And I know you've been in that room, and it's not a slight to LDT as he comes back after opting out last yeah. year, but, but – Mitch being Mitch and Eric and Fish being Fish, two different personalities, two yeah. veterans, but two leaders, two different mm-hmm. ways guys would look to them on game day or during a practice week. You get two entirely different ends of the spectrum, but both of them are valuable in that room. And then you lose both those guys. You need that veteran leadership. And I know a lot of times fans hear that and it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other because you can't quantify, you can't see it on the field. But I think I made this point on Twitter just saying, like, I don't think – Joe Tooney got paid what he was worth. Like that was his value to the team. Yeah. And whether you think it's for a guard or not, it's not just that it's Andy Heck needs a veteran in that room that kind of Definitely. can amplify some of that thing is that that dynamic changes with fish and with Mitch leaving and having never talked to Joe Tooney, but just knowing kind of his pedigree and what he's done seems like he's going to be one of those guys that Andy Heck can kind of lean on as they kind of reshape what this offensive line is going to look like. Without a doubt. I'm, it's very important. And they've done it in Kansas city. They've built this culture where it's a player-led team. All the great teams are led by the players. I mean, coaches, they play their part and whatnot. But if, if your team is only driven by the coaches, <laughs> that ain't going to be a very good team. So, I mean, if you have guys in the locker room, they're going to hold each other accountable. Um, veteran guys, they're going to do the things day in, day out, things that fans don't see, you know, taking care of their bodies, making sure they're studying and whatnot. The younger guys see that. They follow those guys. And it helps that those guys are paid because everybody wants to get paid. And there's a reason why guys get paid. So the younger guys are like, well, maybe I need to be doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe I need to stay a little later. And seeing those veteran guys that are getting big paychecks because of it, um, it only makes everyone better. It makes you more competitive. It makes you more driven, more motivated. Um, ultimately, it leads to wins. Yeah. That's a great point. I never thought of it that way, that Andy Reid's not bringing a guy into that locker room, giving him that kind of paycheck and having him not be the kind of guy that he wants a yeah. – any young player watching and just trying to emulate his work ethic. That's a great point. 
Um, speaking of young players, I guess he's not quite as young, uh, Joe Tooney. I will say the one thing that's surprising about Joe Tooney, just the five-year deal. I know it's set a five-year. I think it's a three-year deal yeah. um, with the way that the money's set up. But um, still, he's going to be tw- – he turns 29 years old in November. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. think Brant Tillis and Brett Veach were going to sign anybody over the age of 28 to a multi-year <laughs> deal. But, but there they go. And if there's going to spot you do it, you can do it on the offensive line, especially for a guy like Definitely. that who's been as durable. It's durable, as yeah. That's the, barely- that's the big – yeah, That's the big thing. He was Mitch before Mitch. Um, yeah. Had his couple injuries last year. So, uh, anyway, the other guy that uh, all Chiefs fans are just waiting. It's probably gonna, it could be breaking news uh, while we're recording this episode. But Trent Williams. Um, I think everybody's got a take on him. I don't think anybody can doubt the talent uh, of yeah. what he does when he's on the field and when he's healthy. Sat out the entire 2019 season because of an issue with Washington handling everything just being Washington in that situation. <laughs> I don't think it needs to go down that road again, but uh, I believe he is 32 years old. He's going to get yeah. paid, whether it's reportedly the Colts, the Niners, the chiefs are in it uh, by all accounts. What do you think when you hear about the chiefs potentially throwing an excess of $20 million a year towards Trent Williams? I mean, you get what the market says you're worth. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, he's worth the 20 million, give the man a 20 million. I think it, it solidifies the position of need. I mean, it's the most important position behind quarterback to me, left tackle on protecting their franchise, especially Kansas City. When you're paying a guy a half a billion dollars, you have to make sure you don't have to worry about getting blindsided. So, I mean, you have to protect them, and it has to be someone I walk through is, I mean, you can't downgrade. You just let a good one go. Um, yeah. So if you're going to let someone like that go, you got to get someone just as good or, or better. So I think they're going to do everything they can to get that guy um, because Patrick needs it. Yeah, there, there's there been so much talk connecting them that if the Chiefs weren't involved by this point, Brett Veach and whoever else is in charge of controlling narratives among the media in the Chiefs department, they would be letting people know, like, hey, we're not in on this guy. Stop connecting him. Because all yeah. it's going to do is get fans all excited on something that's not going to happen. So they're not going to let something build for several days if it's not actually happening. Um, because it's they just don't the bidding war right now. The price the price goes up every day. So every day that we wait, <laughs> that number is going up. So it started at twenty, but that's probably north of twenty right now. So what Patrick's sitting there, like you know, put feeding his baby, just like staring <laughs> at the phone, like the rest of us, just hoping that Brett Veach texts him or Coach Reed texts him. But, um, I mean, but yeah, it, the it'd be great. Williams, I mean, he's he's the best left tackle in football. In my he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's been a yeah, pro he's, bowler he's a, every he's year a, he's played the football. And I know they I know the age is an issue, but guys like him, they're they're outliers. Yeah. Um it, so I feel like he has a good three or four more years left in playing at elite level. And then he might, you know, take a dip after that. But I mean he hasn't shown so any signs of slowing down yet. So yeah. go unless for it. you're Patrick Mahomes signing for like a decade. Uh, even five-year deals are really three-year deals. Like it may be yeah. saying like it's five-year deal to a 32-year-old offensive tackle, which is still younger than Willie Rofe was when they made that trade for him. Not that we're going to compare yeah. and say that we're going to put that on Trent Williams, but if there's a guy that's willing to wear that badge saying, I am Willie Rofe, like Trent Williams just seems like that guy, um, just the way that he's handled himself and gone out there and just proved it from the moment yeah. he stepped foot on the NFL field, he has been one of the best players on the field. Uh, and yep. guys like that deserve to get paid, and he knows Definitely. it's worth it, and he's going to get it. Um, but the other guy uh, that has been paid and been worth it throughout his career, which surprisingly just got released from the Las Vegas Raiders, is old friend Rodney Hudson, uh, for another former teammate of yours. Um, yes. 
there's a lot of reporters around the NFL right now trying to get the dirt on why the Raiders would release a player that they literally are having <laughs> to pay $2 million more on the salary cap to not have on their team, which normally you would do if there's some sort of like legal issue, which doesn't see anyone who knows where I, he's not that guy. So no, not at this all. is something else. And this to me does not bode well for the John Gruden, Mike Mayock relationship. I don't know how you could do something like this and not have like a very easy answer for it. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind is what's happening if there's yeah, not something if, with the player. If I had to guess, one Rodney's personality is 100% internal and it has something to do with the guys up top, not the player, because Rodney isn't confrontational. Um, he's a team first guy. He's going to always do what's what's best for the team. But Okay, Joy, I'm doing a podcast right now. Okay, give me one second. Okay. Thanks. I All right, I'm gonna start the over. other side. I love seeing those. No, not starting over. We just keep going. This right. is what we do. So, yeah, like I said, Rodney. Rodney's a team first guy. He's not confrontational at all. Um, he's not gonna be the guy that steps out and, and I guess even if he's in the right, um, try to be a distraction. Um, but it has to be something really bad going on there internally for him to say, you know, I can't take it anymore. I don't want to be be here. And it just shows how, how much respect they have for him to let a good player like that go yeah. and, and count two million against the cap. They just, you know, they, they valued him and, and they respected his wishes. And I kind of respect them for that, for releasing him. Yeah, that's that's a good point that Mark Davis, whoever it was that ultimately signed off on that deal, had to have known the implications of, you know, yeah. as far as like assets. I know you don't see it as like assets and all that, but like you just gave away like one of the best players and you're paying. I mean, he just got he just got an extension last year. I mean, that doesn't make any sense yeah. contractually. So there's something going on paid. there. Whatever he yeah, got, he got some money. He got yeah. some money. I think two different times when he signed contracts, he was the highest paid center. And then Mitch Morris got it. And now Corey Lindsley, Lindsley just got it uh, yeah. with the Chargers. But, um, but yeah, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, uh, other player that's been linked, Kyle Long, um, yeah. reportedly went to the Raiders, took a visit, and then he comes to Kansas City. He's been predominantly a right guard. Do you see that as a tackle or do you see that as something with LDT? And I'm not asking you to break news. No, I mean, I, I see but, something. I see it as something with LDT personally. Um Okay. He's not a tackle, Cal. I mean, he's been in the league for a while, and he's predominantly been a right guard. Up, so, yeah. um, I think him and LDT are pretty similar, to be honest with you. If right. I had to compare LDT to someone or, or Cal to someone, it would be one another. Um, they're very similar, similar play style, build. They, they kind of walk the same if you look at them on film. <laughs> it's, it's pretty weird. We talked about it a lot when we were watching film together. We yeah. like, look at this kid in Chicago. He looks just like you, Larry, like, and vice versa. So. They're pretty similar to me, um, huh. but who knows? I think um, for Kyle, taking that year off, um, I do wonders for him. I mean, sometimes mentally and physically, you just need a break. Um, yeah, I guess professional football takes a toll on you. So I think um, wherever he goes, he's going to come back refreshed and he's going to play well. Yeah, I'm just curious if that time off, if what kind of contract he would be looking at to come back. And maybe yeah. he'd still be looking at coming back, even if he's not getting the kind of contract that – yeah, for him, for him, it's um, it's not about the money at this point for him. I mean, he knew taking that year off, he wasn't gonna get ever get the same amount of money that he, was, he he got before. So, for him, he just wants to play football. He loves the game. He wants to come back. I don't see him getting some crazy contract. It's literally just to to play football. Yeah, and I'm a petty 
diehard Chiefs fan from the moment I was born. So the fact that Howie Long, Long's son can go visit the Raiders and then leave there without a contract and come to Kansas <laughs> City, we can keep him. I don't care where he plays. I just love that just like, ah, No, I, I don't know. I don't have any insider information. I'm just going off of my instincts. It makes sense for him not to leave Kansas City. Yeah, if he's I mean, here and Coach Reed I, wants him to I would be Coach Reed's a pretty good closer. And I, I don't think – I think – I mean – Coach Reed's approach, um, Veach's approach has always been fill the room with talent, let the guys compete, and let the best guys play. So, so Kyle um, Long, Rodney Hudson, Trent Williams, just take care of it. I mean, they're going to try to get – I don't think they're going to get them all, but they're going to try to get as many as they can. I mean, it's important. Like, they, they have a quarterback that they must protect. Yeah. And you see what Pat does with a clean pocket. He's, I mean, he's already the best quarterback in football. But when he has a clean pocket and he doesn't have to worry about getting hit, he's unstoppable. So That is music to the ears of Chiefs fans here in the middle of March. But, Jeff, the other thing about that with Patrick Mahomes and this offensive line, and we talked about it last year on the show, just the drifting, the kind of going backwards. As an offensive lineman, does it take a certain style of play or what does it take to be a quality offensive lineman or a tackle specifically playing for a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes the way he likes to do things? Well, I mean, you can't have a you can't have a timer in your head. There's no – I mean, it's a basketball term, but there's no shot clock. You can't time up the protection. You can't count the five or three, whatever it might be, and say ball should be gone because Pat's a magician. Like, he could be on the opposite side of the pocket. He could be 15 yards deep. He could be running left, right. You don't know because he sees the field. He sees the game differently than, than everyone. I mean, that's what makes him so special. Um, he can throw the ball from any platform. He can throw from any depth in the pocket. Um, he just, he's just that special of a guy. So, I mean, as an offensive lineman, you just do your best. And, and um, <laughs> you block as long as you can. And hopefully sometimes the ball gets out quick, um, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, and Pat is the type of guy where if a sack is on him, he's going to tell you. I mean, like, man, that's on me. And he knows it. He knows when he's taking a risk. He knows when he's doing something that is unorthodox. And um, <clears throat> he just makes stuff happen. Yeah. I think that's the biggest surprise, too, uh, that fans might learn is how open you guys are to each other when you screw up. And so yeah. like after the game, when everybody's like, well, this was the problem. This was the problem. Like, they've already talked about this for, for a while. <laughs> yeah. And they're already moved on. Like, we're gonna, worrying about the next game. But uh, the other thing that I was thinking, two, two points regarding uh, the draft and kind of coming up, because it kind of goes into our last point here. I know you had put out on social media about the trade for Orlando Brown yeah. uh, with the Ravens. And I want to ask you about that. But the, the thing that I can't get past as far as kind of figuring out the, the eight steps to this offensive line offseason process, and we're probably in like step four right now. And it's like they've already got it planned out. We're seeing yeah. it in slow motion is this idea out there that Chiefs fans believe that the pick at number 31 is going to be well, they're, they're getting their tackle at 31 or they're getting their center at 31. And regardless of how that, whether that ends up being the case, I would bet everything I own that they're not sitting here six weeks before the draft saying our starting left tackle is going to be whoever the best tackle is available at 31. There's no way that that's the plan. Um, even if they don't get Trent Williams, they will sign a guy like a Mike Remmers, a Cam Irving. Yeah. They'll get these guys who can step in and play tackle if need be that have experience in the NFL. 
um, where it could be one of those, like, he could start if the young kid isn't ready. Like, they're not just going to put all their eggs in that basket. It should be obvious, but I feel like I need to say that. No, that's very obvious. I mean, there are some positions where, I mean, running back, for instance, where a guy can come in day one and be the starter. There isn't much of an issue. And they have some protection things they have to deal with. But offensive line takes a really special guy to come in right away. And sometimes guys come in right away because they're drafted high and become starters. But it's tough to come in and have an impact and be successful right away. I mean, you have the guys that do it, but those guys are Hall of Famers. Um, so if they're lucky enough to draft a Hall of Famer at 31, then that's great on Beach that he'll be here way longer. <laughs> um, but that doesn't happen often. Um, so they're definitely going to be a veteran guy in if they can't get Trent. I personally, if they could ha- make it happen, I would trade for Orlando Brown because um, mm-hmm. that bodes well for the future. Um, I think he's a heck of a player. I do think his natural position is left tackle. Um, but that's probably never going to happen. He's an AFC yeah. on a contender who competes against us, so he's not going to Kansas City. <laughs> See, that's where I'd get curious if, if they would, just because it's an offensive lineman. You know, it's not like a skill position player. It's yeah. going to kill you. If you can give up 31, and from the Chiefs' perspective, I get it. Like, if you're in that position that we just talked about and there's not a veteran tackle that you feel comfortable with saying, hey – like if Niang can't play on the left side or we don't have a guy that can step in and play left tackle that, you know, we give up 31 in order to then pay Orlando Brown to get him over here. Man, I don't, it's a possibility. Maybe, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I'm with you that the part of my brain is just like, there's no chance. But then from the Ravens point of view, it's like it to them, it's their right tackle and they're yeah. getting picked 31. And if they've got another, I don't know the roster well enough that if they've got a guy that they're, they're Mike Rimmers. I keep using him as an example. They're Cam Irving. Guy that, they're Jeff Allen. Guy that's like, you know what? Yeah. Play any position, just stick him there we and he's fine. We call higher guns. Guys that can come in yeah. and fill a spot for you and do a good enough job. Um, I think there's some guys in-house that, that fans aren't talking about, too. I mean, I mean Martinez Rankin, he's a really good player. Um, he's been injured, but, I mean, they traded for him for a reason. Um, he has a lot of upside, a lot of potential. Just have to put some things together, but I think he could be a good candidate in house that could, could take over, you know, the right or left tackle position. Who knows? Um, and I like Nick Allegretti. I think he could be the starting center. Um, he filled in at left guard. I didn't honestly. I didn't think he could play guard, and he did a really good job. So his natural position. And Yeah. Yeah. We good? No, we got you. You're back. That didn't. Yeah. That one didn't last long. Yeah. yeah Allegretti's a good yeah. one. Because I know he's got that. Re- he got that wrestling background, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be pretty, but he's going to get it done, which is just like music to Andy Reid's ears. <laughs> just, yeah. just get it. Just go out there and get it done. So that that's something that we all need to take into consideration. I know we we love we love hearing about the draft. We love hearing about free agency, but there's guys in house that Andy Heck and Coach Reid have been developing over the last couple of years. Um, that have gotten better. They're going to be better next year. So um, we can't discount that and discredit that. Brett Veach, he knows what he has there. So um, you got to trust him there too. Yep. All right. Before we let you go, Jeff, do you have any other just takes here? Because I, I shared the one take that I had. Just I don't like the we're going to pencil in 31 as a starter anywhere. Um, yeah. Wide receiver makes sense because you can mix him in with different guys and get a different mm-hmm. skill set in there. Um, it's a deep class. Um, but then offensive line could make sense too. That I know everybody's talking about that Landon Dickerson kid, um, Creed Humphrey. Uh, yeah. from Oklahoma's a stud. So uh, a lot of good options. But you have any other parting thoughts before we uh, let Chiefs fans go here? 
I say take the best player available. That, that's it, man. Like I'm not I'm not old gun on taking the offensive lineman just because that's the position of need right now. Um or the perceived position of need. And that's my son there in the background. Um he's ready to go. I mean, give him about 18 more years, he'll be ready to get drafted. Um but I think they I think they're gonna address a lot of it right now. Like you said, Mike Remmers, he's a guy that's like a Swiss Army knife. He, yeah, he's, he's so a, I, mean, I think he's, I think he's a capable starter, and he plays well enough. He just got thrown in a really bad position yeah. in the Super Bowl that everyone remembers. But he's a good player. So there's a lot of candidates. There's a lot of veterans out there, um, and I think that's the. I've never seen a free agency like this where there's so many quality veteran offensive linemen available yeah. that you can get at a good price. Um, so. It's going to be addressed. It doesn't have to be in the draft. Yeah, and I'm interested to see if they go out. And I, if I had to guess, I would say that whoever is playing left tackle is going to be playing left tackle for a few years. I yeah. don't see them go out and getting a 35, 36, an older veteran for like a one-year stopgap. I just no. don't see him doing that in this window with Patrick Mahomes. So maybe it's the trade with the Ravens if they're willing to pull that trigger, or maybe they just keep you know raising the price for Trent Williams and they just get they have to. Wants. They have to get a good left tackle. Not good. They have to get a great left tackle. Um, and too bad they don't know gonna, what they have in Yang. You're not going to be able to. It's been talked about all the time, yeah. but that sucks for Brett Veach when they yeah. draft him in the third round, and then you want to make a decision with Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz, regardless of their injuries. They were just getting older in their career. You draft yeah. the young guys, the next guys are ready to go, that you don't know what you have in him because he opted out, and that's 100% his decision. But from yeah. Brett and the personnel staff's point of view, it's like we want to make a decision with this kid, but we have no idea what we got. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think personally, I, I don't I don't know too much about him, um, but just the way football works, it's tough coming in playing as a rookie, and it's tough coming after a year off, getting back and knocking the rust off. So he's having to make that transition twice in my mind. And um, he's coming he, off a hip surgery. Yeah. So. Year. So that's going to be good that's or gonna bad, be, but like he's out know, of football for a while. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he has the tools. I'm sure he maybe has the ability, but that's going to be it's going to be tough, a tough transition. And I wouldn't depend on that too much. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to know the difference between like what the coaches think of Yang, like stepping in and playing right away. And then the personnel guys <laughs> that drafted him, they're like, he's always ready to go. Oh. Coach, like this guy hasn't <laughs> oh, yeah. played in like two years. Yeah, yeah. That's, so. that's, you know, those are totally different mindsets <laughs> to be a fly in the wall when those are, guys are going back and forth because there's different principles. I mean, yeah. think about it. These guys draft guys because of the combine. Every player will tell you the combine doesn't matter, but we, we don't mind when we put up big numbers and get drafted high. <laughs> Yeah, you you don't want to put up bad numbers because then everybody no. crashes you in the media, and then yeah, it becomes I mean, like Orlando Brown. I'm bringing him up again. He had a horrible combine, but he's one of the best young tackles in football. He's one of the best tackles in football, and he played had one of the worst combine performances in the history of the combine. But he's a great football player, and he might get paid very very soon, or they're going to stick yep. him at right tackle, and he's just going to be angry for a while. Ronnie <laughs> Stanley got Ronnie Stanley got paid. So I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't let him. I get the business of it. I wouldn't let him go either. It's just a dream. Yeah. Yep. Must they? Maybe they get picked thirty-one. Maybe there's a guy that falls and they like him. But then again, if they're going to wait till the draft to do that, I don't see the Chiefs waiting because again, they're putting all their eggs in that basket if they're trying to yep. get a player of that caliber that late in the game. So anyway, Jeff, man, appreciate you for joining us in this special episode when Nick is 
on vacation with his family. He'll be back soon, and we'll break down more of free agency as the Chiefs continue to make moves. But Jeff Allen of Cookie Society, thank you so much for joining us this week on Outside the Trenches, man. Thanks for having me, BJ. I'll talk to you, brother. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.